If you're there, Matthew chapter 28, I'm going to ask you to stand for the reading of God's Word. We're going to begin in verse 18. Very familiar portions of Scripture, should be familiar portions of Scripture. And Jesus came unto them, saying, All power, turn to your neighbor say, Power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things and whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. God, we come before you this morning. We thank you for your word and its anointing. God, we ask that your word go forth in that anointing and destroy and break yokes. In Jesus' name we pray and the church says amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. We know this portion of scripture as the Great Commission. The Great Commission. Turn to your neighbor and say commission. Commission. It is the Great Commission. Now turn to your other neighbor and say, neighbor, the word mission, now say it loud so I can hear you, say the word mission is in the word commission. So we find that this is Jesus commissioning the disciples or giving them the mission. This is in military operations, this is, this is the preset. This is the game plan. And in and, and sports analogy, this is the pregame. This is the film. This is the playbook. This is how we are going to do it. And a commission is merely just an instruction or a command or a duty given to a person or a group of people or an authority or the authority to act on behalf of of someone else or in place of another. A mission is a specific task with a person or group that has been charged. It's also something that is used in the military to to announce specifics. This is the goal. This is the mission. This is, if you will, the purpose. Can you say amen? You're going to have to trek with me a little bit this morning. But this is the mission that Jesus is giving us in our text. And I want you to notice in verse 18, he says, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, this is Jesus right before he ascends into heaven. He says, But you, but ye shall receive. Turn to your neighbor and say, That's you. You shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost is come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria, and, in, un, and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. So we see here that not only has Jesus been given power, but Jesus has also given us power to complete the mission. How many knows that when you're given a task at work, you're given a task at school, you're given the utensils and the tools needed to complete that task, Right? So that's what Jesus is saying here in Acts chapter 1 is, I am going to give you what you will need to complete the mission. To complete the mission. Let me tell you, in other words, what the Holy Spirit came to do. The Holy Spirit came to anoint the children of God to do the mission or the task of God. You say amen. 
I, I, I know, I know it, it's boring right now, but we're going to get into some good stuff, I promise you. I, I, this is all simple, and, and I, I know it's not popular in the church to talk about the Great Commission anymore because we want to come in and we want to get a good feeling and then go out and we want to live for Jesus on Sunday and Wednesday, but we want to live for ourselves Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday, and Friday, and Saturday. Listen, I know it's not popular to talk about the Great Commission, and nobody shouts, and nobody hoops and hollers, and that's okay, but it doesn't change. It was a commission, thus it was a command, thus it was the mission that we are called to do. Every one of us are called to do it. You say, okay, we, we hear this talked about all the time, but I want you to realize that not only are you called to do it, but you are given the tools to do so. So let me ask you something real quick this morning. If we've been given the mission to reach this world and we've been given the power to do so, why does our nation look the way that it does? Why does our, our schools have to debate whether they're going to put litter boxes in the bathroom? Why are our children confused? Why is there a generation that believes that they were born the wrong way? Why do we have confusion in the church? Even in the church, listen to me. We, 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 we want to sing certain songs and we want to hear certain preachers and, and if, it, if it ain't the way we like it, then, then we ain't going to listen. There's confusion in the church. I want you to know that the divorce rate in the church is almost higher than it is in the world. And in the last two decades, we have seen such a massive decay of godliness and godly influence in our nation because the church has lost something. You say, what, what is it? We have the mission. We have the power. So let's, let's look at it this way. I'm going to draw a parallel for you real quickly. The Bible tells us in Judges chapter 13 that an angel of the Lord shows up to a man named Manoah and his wife. And he speaks to Manoah and his wife and he says, Listen, I know you've been under Philistine occupation for 40 years. This has gone on for a long time. He says, But I'm going to give you a son. And he's not to cut his hair. He's not to drink. And he's not to touch any dead thing. And he will begin to deliver you. At the end of chapter 13, the Lord says that the Bible records that the Lord began to move upon Samson was his name and began to stir him and began to do things in his heart and we, we, we find that, that not only has God given him a mission to deliver his people out of bondage but he is also giving him the power to do so just like the church we've been given the mission and we've been given the power but something begins to happen. And many of you know the story of, uh, of Samson. And, and, and I'm not going to go over every detail. But I want to draw a parallel if I will today. And, and for the sake of time I, I may skip over some things. But I believe that the Lord wants to speak to the church this morning. Because what you have to realize is not only do we have the mission, not only do we have access to the power, the Bible tells us that Samson had the, the mission and had the ability to do so, but something began to happen in Judges 14. He finds himself being drawn to a place called Timnath. 
And he goes down there and it's a place of, of the Philistines. It's a place of paganism and idolatry. It's a place that I, I'll just tell you is worldly. It's carnal. And he finds himself a woman down there. And he comes back and he says, okay, uh, father and mother, I want you to go get me that woman because she pleases me. His father said, listen, uh, you can't find anybody in the church. You can't find anybody in Israel. Uh, He says, no, I want her. She pleases me. And the Bible tells us in Judges chapter 14 and verse 4, Brother Dan, I never realized this before, that his parents did not realize that God was causing him to be drawn down to the Philistines. You say, what? God was causing him to be drawn down to the Philistines because it says that God sought an occasion or an opportunity to overthrow the Philistines. Now I want you to track with me real quickly here. I want you to notice something. He was anointed and he had a mission, but his mission became his attraction. Instead of the goal, it became what he liked. Let me put it to you this way. God sent him down to the Philistines so he could overthrow them, not fall in love with them. He said, what are you talking about? Let me put it to you today. We have been given a commission. We've been given a mission. But what has happened in the church is we've lost the power and the anointing to complete the mission because the church has fallen in love with the world. Hear me this morning. The mission has become what we're attracted to. Oh, I like that. I like the beat of that song. You better be careful. Listen, music is so powerful that it can bind you or release you. Listen to me, young people. You think it's harmless listening to that music. I I want you to know it's not harmless uh, because this is how powerful music is. Uh, When Saul was tormented by demons, uh, worship music would set him free. That's how powerful music is. But what has happened is, oh, I like that music. I like what they wear. Listen, I, I'll tell you, I, I just been to the beach. I just been to the beach this past week. I feel like I got sand in my throat still. But I tell you, I was sitting there and I, I was thinking to myself, sitting there with my daughter, sitting there with my wife, and I was thinking that some of these people, them and their children, are pillars in their church. They're people that that that's declare and love, that declare that they love the Lord, declare that they love the things of God. But you can't tell it difference they look like everybody else they listen to what they listen to they talk like they talk and and, oh well God's full of grace God's full of grace this is what Paul said in Romans chapter 6 when they said should we sin that grace may abound he said God forbid you prostitute God's grace listen you you say what, what does this have to do with anything What what are you trying to get to? I'm trying to tell you that we have a mission that is not being fulfilled in the last two decades in this nation. And there has been decay and decay and decay. Not just in the world, but in the church because we have lost the power to complete the mission. 
Oh, this ain't a shout me down message, but I want it's necessary because church, uh, I, you, I know some of you are probably thinking, here he goes on uh, the separate rant. Uh, here he goes. I'll just tell you what the word of God says. Uh, how about that? He says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and 14. Listen to me. It, beginning in verse 14, be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers for what fellowship hath righteousness uh, with unrighteousness and what communion hath light uh, with darkness? What concord hath Christ with belief? Let me translate, Satan. Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God, as God hath said. I dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them. He didn't say fall in love with the system. Don't fall in love with the mission. Don't be attracted to it. He says, wherefore come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing and I will receive you. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor. Jade didn't say it. God said it. And people, people don't like this because they're like, oh, they're going to get on a rant and they're going to preach against this and preach against that. And listen, I want you to know that I'm not here to just make you happy all the time. Because that's what's wrong with the church is we showed up, we want the world in church. You want me to motivationally speak to you. You want the worship team to entertain you. But I want you to know that's not what the house of God is about. We want God's grace without conviction. I want you to know I'm not saved if it wasn't for conviction. If I didn't feel guilty, I would not change. But what we've done is we have traded the anointing for attraction. Hear me this morning. This ain't something I, I got all excited to preach. I said, Lord, they're going to look at me. But he took me to Jeremiah chapter 1 and he told Jeremiah, he said, don't look at their faces. Don't be concerned with them. You just tell the truth. You say, why, 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 why do preachers go on the, these tangents? This, this is not a tangent for one. It's the word of God. But secondly, you want to know why? Wake up to the times you're living in. Wake up to the garbage that's going on in your elementary school. You think it's a high school thing? You think, you think it's a junior high thing? I want you to know it starts at pre-K and they teach them all the way up. It's garbage. You say, why are you mad? I'm not mad. I'm just saying it's time the church gets serious about the anointing of God. You see, what happened with Samson is he goes through his life and he has this attraction. He was meant to overthrow them, not fall in love with them. You were meant to throw off principalities and powers of darkness. Hear me. You know what's part of that great commission? You know what's part of that is Mark chapter 16, verses 17 and 18. And these shines shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. And they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. That sounds like deliverance to me. That's the mission. But what we've done is we, we've fallen in love. And I'm not going to sugarcoat it. We fall in love with sin. And listen, I'll be the first to tell you, this message probably ain't for everybody today, but it's for somebody. Because here's, here's what's scary. Turn to your neighbor and say, this is scary. 
I'm come down and hang out with y'all. I like doing this. I think I look fatter up there, you know. No. No. So here, here's, what, here's what's scary. Samson has a mission. He has an anointing. And he moves in that anointing. Randy, he, the Bible says the Spirit of the Lord comes upon him. Spirit of the Lord come upon him. And he killed 30 men just for their clothes. Philistines killed him. And gave him to other Philistines. Spirit of the Lord comes upon him. He's all tied up. His own people have handed him over. The Spirit of the Lord comes upon him. He kills a thousand Philistines with the, uh, the, the jawbone of a donkey. And then when he's done doing it, he throws the jawbone down. And he points at God and says, I'm exhausted. And God causes water to come up out of the bone. And he drinks it and he's refreshed. And the Bible says he's revived. But the whole time, the Spirit of the Lord's moving upon him. But he has this attraction. You say, oh, well, I feel God in worship but I, I'm still holding on to this thing. I want you to know that he went year in and year out having this attraction, but still moving in the anointing of God until he didn't. This is what's scary. This is, this is the truth. This is what I'm here to tell you this morning. Is you can't just say, well, well, I, I've been doing this for a while and, and nothing's really changed. Nothing's really happened. You, 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 it, listen, I tell you, you're in the scariest place that you've ever been. Because what begins to happen is not only is he traded the Attraction for the anointing is his attraction has cost him the anointing. The Bible says in Judges 16, he comes down. He lays his head in the lap of Delilah. And you've heard this story. And you know what's crazy? She asked him four times. You'd think the brother would get a hint. Listen, woman, you're toxic. I'm staying away from you. But no. It pleased him. Listen, you can't go into the world and be pleased and then come in the house and say, Oh God, do something for me. Do something for me. I want you to know sin is fruitful for a season, but it's going to die. He lays his head in the and she asks, How? What's crazy? She don't even disguise the language. How can I bind you? How can I bind you? Let me, let, me, let me just speak for the world. How can I bind you? Drugs? Alcohol? How can I bind you? Pornography? Music? Movies? Hey, we don't talk about that. It was illegal, pretty much, for my, my dad raising the holiness church to go to a movie. And people's like, oh, that's crazy. Listen, you, you can harp on the old folk all you want to for legalism. I'll tell you this. If you ask my grandmother right now, she would say, we just didn't want to do anything like the world did it. I know there were some people that took it too far. But there was a lot of good people that said, we just didn't want to look like the world. We didn't want to talk like the world. We didn't want to listen to the garbage that the world was listening to. We didn't want, watch, want to watch what they want. And, and I want you to know, I'm not ashamed of my heritage at all. You, you know that. But he lays his head on the light and she says, how can I bind you? And the sad thing is, Maddie, he played games. Well, you can try this. And 
try to. Because he had gotten away with it so long. Hear me this morning. He got away with it so long. Listen, church, you can't have one foot in the world and one, word, one foot in the church. I'm not saying that God doesn't give grace. I believe in forgiveness. I believe in God's grace. But you can't have one foot in the world and one foot on the altar and say, I want the blessings of God and I want the anointing. Young people, you hear me. You may say, oh, I want to preach like Pastor Ron Russell. I want you to know you're going to have to do the things that cost him to have the anointing that he has. You want to say, oh, I want to, I want to sing like, like brother so-and-so and sister so-and-so. I want you to know they don't, just, they don't just have a talent. They have an anointing for a reason. It's because they have not traded their attraction for their anointing. But he just plays games with it. Oh, but then the last time, he is convinced that she loves him. Listen to me, young people, hear me this morning, young adults. This world will convince you that it loves you, that it accepts you. Oh, come, we'll take you any way, shape, or form. He was convinced that she loved him. And you know what she told the Philistines that were paying her to get this information from her? He has given me his whole heart. He is not withheld from me. And he said, it's my covenant. It's my hair. I know it's quiet this morning. I, I'm, I thought it would be. You see, this young people, he wasn't supposed to drink. But when he chased the world, instead of turning the world upside down and delivering people from bondage, which was his mission, he found himself in love with the world and he found himself doing all three things he was not supposed to do. He was not supposed to drink. He drank. He was not supposed to touch any dead thing. He did. But there was one thing left intact. and It was the covenant of his hair. But he sold it all. For attraction. Listen, attraction is not love. Attraction is not love. If attraction was love, there'd be even more divorce. Attraction is not love. But he was convinced, Jeremy, he was convinced. Brother Ryan, he was convinced. He was convinced that, that this world loved him. And you know what Jesus said about the world? He said, know this, they're going to hate you. I think that's the problem with the church. No one hates us. No one's smiling. Why am I the only person smiling? No one hates us. If the world hated us, we'd be on task. But because the world has said, okay, we'll accept you. It doesn't matter. The church has been like, okay, well. Maybe we don't. Maybe we. Maybe we don't need to have standards. 
Maybe I can still do a little dab of this and a little dab of that and a little dab of this. Maybe I'll do this moderately. I want you to know that no one can measure moderation. And I don't know where people say, well, you can do this moderately, but you can't do that moderately. Can you moderately lie? Can you moderately bear false witness? Can you moderately commit sexual immorality? Hear me this morning. You say, why is this necessary? Because church, we need the anointing. Hear me this morning. Hear this preacher this morning. We need the anointing. We have the mission. We need the anointing. But what often happens is we get in these situations and, and we say, God, where are you at? God, where are you at? God, where are you at? God, I want you to know that God is not lack or slack. God is more than able. But what we have a hard time is saying, Jade, where are you at? Samson never, nope. He let down all of his standards because he was attracted. I tell this to my young people all the time. We don't flirt to convert. Parents are like, what? Yeah, we don't flirt to convert. If they can't serve Jesus without you, they won't serve Jesus with you. Because when times get tough, they'll get up and leave you. We don't flirt to convert. But we've been trying to do it with the world forever. Oh, well, you know, that's not so bad. That's not so bad. Listen, I, I'm, all for, listen I'm not saying we, we need to be judgmental. Don't. No, 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 no. We take people as they are. But we let the Holy Spirit change who they are into who they really are. Hear me this morning. We are facilitators. We facilitate the meeting between them and Jesus. And we let Jesus and the Holy Spirit do the rest. And we help guide them. I'm not saying be judgmental, but I'm saying there are some black and white things in the Bible that we've been playing with the last two decades in the church. I want you to know that it, there are things that are not okay. And hypocrisy is not one of them. But we need the anointing. We need the anointing. He gave it all up because of his attraction. Come to the music this morning, please. So what happens? What happens when you give in to the, in, the attraction and you lose the anointing? Here's what happened. The Bible says that he stood up to shake himself as he had done before. Well, I know I, I've, I've messed up. Listen, there's nothing wrong. I, th this, is, this is, I believe in grace. Again, I believe in grace. But I don't believe that we're covered with habitual sin. There comes a place where God's grace no longer applies because you say, well, I, I, it wasn't just a little mess up. You're living in it. And he lived that way too long and it cost him his anointing. But he went to, well, I'll just raise my hands and feel what I felt last Sunday. 
Well, I'll just have Pastor Jade pray for me. And Pastor Ronnie will preach an encouraging message and it'll be okay. And you know me, I, I've preached on this a hundred times. We live from feeling to feeling. My walk with the Lord is not based on how I feel. Because if it was, I would be the biggest hypocrite. But he gave it all away because of the attraction. Because of the feeling. And he went to shake himself and it wasn't there. Michael, that's scary. What if I went to preach and it wasn't there? I want you to know I can't preach if it's not there. If the anointing's not present, it, it, I'm, just, I'm just talking. He went to shake himself and it wasn't there. But then the Philistines, the enemy took him. They really bound him this time. Chains of brass. They put him on a grinder. If you don't know what a grinder back in then back in them days looked, it was you ever seen the donkey going around in circles? It was that way, but he was the donkey. Grinding in circles, chained every day. You see, this is, this is what I'm setting up for. This is the encouraging part because you're either one or two places. Not just in the church. I believe it's in the church for the church in America. I believe that the church in America is in two places. But I believe we as individuals, the church, we're in two, you're in two different places. Either you're shaking yourself and something's not there. Or you're in the situation where you feel like God, I know I've messed up. And something happened, Matt, in that mill. Because the Bible says in verse 22 of chapter 16 that his hair began to grow. Because I'll tell you this, when you admit your wrongs and you come to Christ wholeheartedly, open up yourself before him, look at yourself, have the Holy Spirit examine yourself, you'll begin to grow. Listen, I was raised in church. But I will tell you, I never felt the anointing coming through me until I gave up the music. I gave up friends. Brother Wade's shaking his head back there. We know what it's like. I had to give up family members. You say, give up on them? No, no. Minister to them, love them. But I couldn't allow their voice to influence me any longer. Young people hear me. You think this is so elementary and I sound like your mom or your dad. Well, guess what? Your mom and dad's not as crazy as you think they are. They just love you. And love hurts sometimes. But something happened and he's began to grow. The purpose came back. The mission came back. But not only that, the power came back. 
they plucked out his eyes. They didn't just jab him. If you research it, they had a utensil that would stick into your eye socket. They didn't want to scar you. They wanted no trace. And you see, that's why the world's been in the mess that it's been in for 20 years is because he, he judged Israel for 20 years. The Bible tells us that. But he lost his vision. And when you can't see where to go, you don't know where to go. He lost his way. In church, we've lost our vision because we've lost our anointing. But there's some of you in this house, there's something to begin to turn. There's something to begin to stir. There's something to begin to grow and say, God, I want what I used to have. Some of you, the Lord has moved upon you in great ways. Just like it did Samson. Man, I can remember the time that, that I prayed and God moved. I can remember the time being at the altar and I, I was just slain before his, before his throne. I, I can remember feeling his presence. I can remember hearing that message and being pricked in my heart. I can remember how it felt to pray for others. Feel the anointing flow. They bring him out to make fun of him. They bring him out for entertainment. This world that loved him. That deceived him. There's a lad leading him. And I know many people have preached many different ways on that lad. But you don't understand that that lad set him up to do his greatest work. Because he turned to the lad and he said, put me on the pillars of the house. Put me on the pillars of the house. See, young people, so often our young people think, well, tomorrow I'll be effective. Tomorrow, I'm too young. Tomorrow, tomorrow. I believe that in the time that we're in, that this young generation is going to lead the church to the place it needs to be. I'm not saying that the elders don't have a role to play. The elders absolutely have a role to play. But this generation is going to see things that you won't see. They're going to experience things that you won't experience. And, and they're going to set up the church to where they need to be. Right in the middle of the enemy's stronghold. Just like Jesus was spread out on the cross. The Bible says he spread himself out between them pillars. But that wasn't all he said. He began to pray. He began to cry out to God. And he begins to tell God. He says, oh Lord, remember me. Remember me. See me. I pray thee only this once, oh God, that I may be at this once able to avenge the Philistines for my two eyes. What he's saying is, I want to avenge the loss of my vision. The loss of my purpose. The loss of my anointing. I want the enemy to pay 
for luring me out of the presence of God. You see, church, we, 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 we talk about this love and this merciful God. I want you to know that when he comes back, uh, he's not just coming back as a loving and a merciful God, but he's coming back with a sword in his hand. Riding on a white horse, not, not, not as a lamb that was slain, but as a lion and as a king and as a triumphant Lord. And it's about time that we get payback on the enemy. And Samson said, lead me. I want to know where the pillars are. The pillars that bind this city. Because I want to bring them down. And he said, God, remember me. Avenge me. Give me the anointing. He pushes. See, this is where... I know I'm getting really detailed oriented and I may have lost some of you and I'm so sorry. Some of you may be asleep and I'm so sorry. But I want, I'll, I'll, the details tell us something because he began to press. You see, oftentimes we pray but we don't press. You say, what, what do you mean? Oh God, send revival! But we do nothing to obtain it. I'm not, I'm not trying to be hateful. I'm trying to make us aware. Jade Abrams needs some work. I'm not complete. But his word tells me that he will complete it. He began to press. Because what's the prayer if he don't press? He just prayed for God. Remember me. Avenge me. Anoint me. Help me. But not only did he pray it, he began to do something. He began to press begin to press the enemy stronghold came down 3,000 souls lost that day but the Bible records this about Samson he did more in one day than he did in 20 years of ministry because the mission was right and the power was right. The enemy was taken down. Church. This nation doesn't need a new church. It needs a revived church. Doesn't need a new program, a new philosophy, a new preacher. The next best thing. No. Sheep bear sheep. It needs you. And I know there's some people in this house that are so evangelistic. I thank God for evangelistic people that minister to other people. I thank God for that. But the Lord spoke to me so, so clearly suffering for Jesus on the beach. I was reading on my balcony. He said, there are people that are shaking themselves for the first time and realizing that they've lost what they once had. And listen, you're in this house and you don't want to admit it. 
But I want you to know if you omit it, you'll be in the second phase where there are people in this house that have omitted and say, God, take me back in. I want you to know that he's ready. He's ready to take you back in. He's ready to anoint you, but you got to do something. God didn't save you just so that you would go to heaven. He saved you so that you would take people with him. If heaven's the only reason you got saved, I got saved so I could experience heaven on earth before I experienced heaven. I got saved because I could live my best life in Christ today and tomorrow. It wasn't just about the future. It was about freedom. Jesus said in our text, I have the power. Then in Acts chapter one, I'm giving you the power. Let's turn this world upside down. 3,000 souls saved on the day of Pentecost. Because of the anointing. Stand with me this morning. We need the anointing. God don't need your attraction in a sense of your attraction to the world. He needs you to step in the anointing that he's called you to walk in. Have some young people here back from camp. And I bet you they're fired up. They've heard some great things. But young people don't lose what you've received. Now's the time to walk in it. Because we need some lads. We need some boys and girls that will lead this church. Say, hey, let's get back to where we need to be. You can't love this world and love what it portrays and say, oh, I love God. Jesus said plainly in John 14, if you love me, keep my commandments. I'm not trying to be doom and gloom, but I want you to know. I've talked about people that have shook themselves and realized that the power is not there. I've talked about people that have realized that the power is not there and they're repentive. But I want you to know that things are beginning to grow. heard a man say, he's being funny about it, but real at the same time. He said, it's crazy what God is doing in the time that we're living in. He said, Roe v. Wade was overturned, sent back to the States to decide. He said, and then all of a sudden, and and I'm going to say it because we're adults here. He said, all of a sudden, the, the hashtag sex strike was trending on Twitter because women said, well, if we can't get abortions, we ain't going to have sex. And then the Supreme Court also ruled that a coach could pray at school. And he said, what's going on? He said, you're telling me we can pray in school? Roe v. Wade's been overturned? And there's a wide, worldwide move of abstinence? He said, did Jesus come back? You know what that tells me? That something's growing. Because the church is shaking themselves and saying, you know what? We don't have what we used to have. My grandparents can tell stories of healing. 
and God doing great things. I want you to know that God wants to do that in greater in this generation. But we as a church got to shake ourselves and say, you know what? We've lost the power. We need it back. So who wants to grow? Who wants the anointing? Listen, young person. I'm done. But I want you to hear this one thing. Give it up. Give up the attractions. I'm going to be very honest with you. Be very transparent for you. I, I, you know I love you, right? Just shake your head and say, yeah. Okay. I love y'all. But I've mentioned it a couple times. But I have a problem. When young adults and teenagers feel more comfortable dancing to the world's music than they do in a worship service. I have a problem with that. I'm not saying that you can't dance in a modest manner. I'm, I'm not saying that. But I have a problem when our young people are more comfortable being out there than in here. And I have a problem when they're more comfortable being like them out there and not like Go, what goes on in this sanctuary out there when they're more attracted than they are anointed I have a problem with that and young people you're anointed, you're called young adults, you're anointed, you're called adults, you're anointed and called don't trade that anointing heard a minister say one time these young people have heard this story so many times but it stuck out to me. This ministry, worldwide ministry. If I said his name, everybody knew him. He was in college. There was a big dance coming up. He had been courting this girl for a little bit and I asked her to go to this dance. A few days went by, he's getting closer to the dance. And she said, so, what's your plans for after the dance? He said, well, I'll take you home and drop you off. She said, well, I want you to go out. I want you, and listen, this, you, you think this stuff don't happen. This stuff happens. This was happening in the 80s. Listen. She said, I want you to get a hotel room, and we're going to have sex. He said, excuse me? He said, the Spirit of God rose up in him, Randy. And he said, before I knew what I was saying, I said, for you? She looked at me and he said, you want me to give up God's anointing on my life for you? For your pleasure? Young people, when the temptation comes, say, for you? I'm not giving up the call on my life for you. I'm not giving it up for anoint for, for pornography. I'm not giving it up for alcohol. I'm not giving it up for drugs. I'm not giving it up for anything. I'm called and I'm anointed. I won't give it up for you. Don't give it up. So if you're here this morning, I've went way too long. If you're here this morning, 
said, I need, I need God's forgiveness. I want you to know he's here and he's able to forgive. If you're here and you say, I need his grace, I need, I need mercy shown my way. I want you to know that love and mercy is in the house. He's here. If you're saying, I just need that anointing again, I want you to know that the God that anointed you before is here to anoint you again. If you say, I want it for the first time, I want to feel something for the first time, I want to realize what God is doing in my life for the first time, I want to know the call of God for my life. If you're here that morning, this morning and that's you, I want you to come. Oh, saints of God, begin to pray. Don't, that attraction's out there. But that attraction's your downfall. Young man, young woman, don't get caught in pornography. You can be set free. Don't get lost in drugs. Don't get lost in alcohol. You can be free. Hey, you can be free from lukewarmness. You just need a good old, the old saints used to say, you need a good old dose of the Holy Ghost. There's someone else. God's pulling on you right now. He's saying, oh, I have big plans for your life. There's someone that knows the mission, but is yet to see the power. God said, I want to anoint you. I want to give you the power. Don't trade the anointing. Don't trade the anointing. There's someone at the end of the rope this morning. Sit up. Don't lay your head in that lap. Sit up. Resist the devil and he will flee. But you got to submit yourself unto God first. I'll make one last call. There's someone else. You don't want to come forward because you don't want to be embarrassed. I want you to know there's nothing to be embarrassed about. Pastor Ronnie says it all the time. This is a place of strength, not weakness. Because when you feel your weakest, he says, he told Paul, he said, my strength's made perfect then. Because you have no one else to lean on but him. Hey everyone, uh, Cameron here from PTC Ministries. I'm so glad that you could join us today uh, for the message here. Uh, I hope the message touched you. Uh, in a personal way and that you can take that and mold that and move it and let it move you in your life and as you can continue your walk with Christ continue your walk with us as well follow us uh, click in the link below in the description there follow us on all of our social media platforms and don't forget to uh, like and subscribe uh, I feel like a youtuber here but don't forget to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel to uh, stay connected with us um, and thank you for joining us